In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. everybody so stoked anybody is even listening to this i've got a great story today that i think will help shed light on humanity and your life and the world around you i know it has for me and therefore i am hopeful that it will for you as well without any further delays let me jump right into the story for you now Picture a fictional place, a South American tribe, a colony of people on another world. It doesn't really matter how you picture it. I choose to go with a South American tribe. So this myth, this legend, is as follows. Throughout time, the storyteller of this particular tribe has told a story about a man generations ago that wandered out into the forest and was never seen again. He was on a quest, on a mission to find the impossible, to find the secret of immortality, to find the secret of a good life. And he was never seen again. Whispers of that same story told of the man finding a demon, of becoming a demon, of becoming an angel. From time to time, People who visited the tribe, and sometimes members of the tribe, saw glimpses of things they couldn't understand when they traveled far out past their borders. One day, two young men, two young brave men, decided to go and investigate this particular theory, this particular legend. And they had heard the story so many times. They thought to themselves, can this even be true? They talked to their parents. They talked to their grandparents. And both the parents and grandparents didn't really know, but they believed part of it must be true. So early one morning, the two boys packed their bags, enough they could carry on their back for a few days. And they left early before the sun came. They hiked out over some mountains, 
through what could only be described as a small desert and made their way out into the forbidden swamp area where they thought would be the best place to at least see if this particular legend was true. There must be a reason this forbidden swamp was called the forbidden swamp, right? So after three days of traveling, they find themselves in the forbidden swamp. They are almost out of rations. They were able to seize and hunt a few small animals. But by day three, it was looking pretty bleak. They knew they had enough food to get back. They had been searching without avail for the last three days. So the boys decided, we'll camp here tonight and we'll make our way back. And as they were setting up and establishing a place to camp, they began to smell another fire as if someone was roasting an animal or as if someone was cooking dinner. They followed the smell further down the swampy embankment until they found what looked like a gentleman sitting by the side of the water by a little brook with a little campfire and he had a little bag with him. The boys thought this would be a perfect time to investigate. Maybe this gentleman knew of the legend. Perhaps he knew where they could find the man or maybe he was from a different tribe and had a different idea. Maybe he had some knowledge they didn't have. So they walked over and began investigating. They realized that the man was wearing this white robe, which seemed odd to them because the swamp was so infected with dirt and mud and muck and grime. It was just amazing to them how he could be so clean. So they approached the man with caution. And as they got closer, the man smiled and waved him over. Two boys sat down and began asking the man questions. They asked, have you ever heard the story of the man who left his tribe and found a demon? And the man smiled at him. He says, I am that man. I left your tribe generations ago. I live out here with a demon. So many questions began running through the young men's mind. They began thinking to themselves, how is it possible that you could be generations old? How is it possible you have such a clean robe? What is it like to have a demon? They had a really good conversation and the man told them that he found what it is he was seeking and that the demon provides anything and everything he could ever wish to have. He'll take the boys to see the demon tomorrow if they wish. Well, needless to say, the boys were excited and they agreed. The old man told him to meet back there in the morning before the sun comes up, and he'll take them to his camp. So the boys walked back to their camp. They made their camp ready for nightfall. But before they fell asleep, they had a nice long talk about the experience they had. And both boys decided that they would like to live for generations. They would like to have their wishes fulfilled. They would like to live like the old man they spoke to lived. So they began to hatch a plan. They'd kill the old man and take his demon. And that demon would serve them. Live out their life in luxury without any wants whatsoever. They sharpened some arrows. They packed their bags and fell asleep. Before the sun rose, the boys awoke, packed their bags, and they hiked over to where the old man was supposed to meet him. And there he was. And as they got close, they told the old man, we have decided... We're going to take your demon and then kill you. The old man smiled and laughed. He said, 
Nothing would be better for me. You don't even need your weapons. I'll take you to my camp. I'll show you the demon. And you can have all of it. And I will walk away. The boys found this perplexing, but agreed. No need to kill somebody if you didn't need to. So they began walking. And as they began walking, the grimy, brine-filled, swampy path began to give way to a golden cobblestone pathway. And as they traveled further and further, the golden cobblestones became more intricate. They became filled with design, intricate designs that not only made up pictures on each block, but it seemed as though each block was part of a bigger picture. And the more you stared at the designs, the more intricate they got. It was magical to the boy. Not long after moving down the golden cobblestone pathway, they came upon a giant crystal palace decorated by jewels of all kinds of colors. There was a beautiful melodic sound on the wind, like an angel singing. It was beautiful. You guys get it? It was beautiful. It was more than the boys could possibly fathom. They're blown away. The man takes him into the castle and they sit down in this amazing throne room. Golden thrones and unbelievable lifelike sculptures that were so detailed it's hard to imagine. And as everybody sits down, the man calls for the demon. The boys are holding their breath. They're wondering, wow, I wonder what a demon looks like. A small, half goat, half man creature makes his way into the throne room. And he only stands two feet tall. In some ways, he's cute, but disturbingly cute. He has an air of maleficence, like a sort of dangerous beauty. And he comes out, looks at his master, the old man. How can I serve you, master? And the old man says, it's my time. These are your new masters. And the demon looks at the old man. And he looks at the two boys. And he looks back at the old man. And he says, it is your wish, master, then it is so. The boys are amazed how easy it is, how easy it was for the old man to give up ownership of the demon. And they ask him, is there anything that we should know before we let you leave and we take control of your demon and your kingdom? The old man says, yes, there's so much you should know. But I'll tell you this, you must always keep the demon occupied. Because if you do not keep the demon occupied, he will kill you. The boys think to themselves how easy it will be to keep the demon occupied. They have so many dreams and so many wishes and so many wants. They tell the old man, thank you. You've made this easy for us. We didn't want to kill you. And the old man says, believe me, you have freed me. I will be down by the river for one day if you boys decide that you no longer want to control the demon. The boys laugh. Thank you, old man. It's very kind of you. But I don't think we're going to need your assistance. So the old man gathers his backpack and he heads back down to the water. And the boys begin telling the demon of their wants. One boy asks for a palace, a palace that is vastly superior to the one the old man had built. A one of such intricate design. It stretches the limit of the boy's imagination. 
gold figurines with ruby eyes. Incredible calligraphy scripture on each block of the crystal castle. The second boy asks for an equally amazing and complex dwelling to live in. One whose tower reaches the sky. The boys lay out their plans for the demon. This is our first task we ask of you. The demon says, your wish is my command, and he sets off to go build the structures. The boys are moving around the old man's palace, taking a look. 15, 20 minutes have gone by, and the boys are beginning to get excited about what their new life is going to look like. And within the 20 minutes, before minute 21, the demon comes back and says to the boys, it is done boys are amazed how can it be it's been 20 minutes and yet you've built a structure that would take man generations to build so the boys walk out they walk down just a few yards from the old man's castle and they see these amazing structures the demon says what is it that I can do for you now but the boys are so mesmerized by these unbelievable feat of architecture, they begin wandering around their individual castles. And as they're walking towards their individual castles, the demon begins to grow more angry. I ask you, Master, what is it you wish of me now? And the boys become a little alarmed. And as they turn back towards the demon, because they hear the menace in his voice, he's no longer two feet tall. Now the demon is four feet tall. The boys are a little unnerved by the growth and the menace in the demon's voice and how he is no longer a sort of he no longer has the dangerous beauty it's now becoming a dangerous menace so the boys ask now we would like you to to add upon the river that flows by us we would like this river to be filled with the most unbelievable fish so that we can fish and be in peace and have an area that we can find tranquil. We would like you to reshape the river so that it flows through the middle of our kingdom. The demon nods his head and says, it shall be done. The boys look at each other and begin to think how strange it was that the demon grew and how fast that the demon did the things that they wanted done. But they shake their heads and they again begin walking to one of the boys' castles. And as they walk to the door to begin investigating the first castle the demon built, ten minutes have gone by, and the demon appears in front of them and says, your wish is done, what can I do now? What is it that you wish of me now, master? The boys begin thinking and talking amongst themselves. And as they begin thinking and talking amongst themselves about what it is they want, the demon grows another two feet. As the boys are talking, they can see the demon becoming irritable, becoming angry, his eyes growing red. The demon is now taller than the boys. His build is muscular than the boys. And the malice in his eyes is almost overwhelming. He's becoming difficult to look at. And he begins peppering the boys with questions. What is it you want me to do? Are you unable to think of anything to challenge me? If you cannot challenge me, then I must kill you. The boys begin getting really worried. 
And they tell the demon, bring us the riches of the world. We want to be richer than any man that has gone before us. We would like another castle to be filled with the riches of the world. Everything from around the world and things we don't understand. And on top of that, we would like you to label these riches. Tell us what they are and where they come from and how they got to be. On top of that, we would also like another palette that is filled with the secrets of the universe. We would like an oracle that will tell us what the future will be. The boys begin just trying to think of anything they could ever want. The demon nods his head and he says, it shall be done. And before the boys can even investigate the new palaces they asked to build, before they could even investigate the river that the demon made run through their kingdom, the demon appears and says, your wish has been granted. What is it I can do for you now? And the boys grow silent. And as they grow silent, the demon grows taller. And he becomes violent. He begins grabbing things and throwing them at them. He seizes one boy with his hand, and begins squeezing his neck, throws him against the wall. The other boy, in a fit of fear, sprints out of the palace and he begins making his way towards the river to find the old man. He is relieved when he finds that the old man has not even made it to the river, yet stands out on the golden cobblestone pathway. He sprints to the old man crying, the demon has grown large, the demon has grown angry and it's going to kill my friend and I. Please help us. We no longer want this demon. We no longer want these wishes. We no longer want these riches. We no longer want these things that are insignificant if we can't have our own life. The old man and the boy run back to the chamber in which the demon is savagely beating the other boy. The old man tells the boy as they're running back to the chamber, when we get there, you must tell the demon that you relinquish him and that I am his master once again. As they enter the chamber room, the demon, 10 feet tall now, is savagely beating the other boy, pummeling with a stone, one knee on his neck and a stone in his hand, ramming it into the boy's face. The boy screams out, we are no longer your master. It is the old man who is your master again. The demon drops the rock and makes his way towards the old man in anger, a violent, menacing walk towards the old man. And as he gets close, the old man plucks a hair from his head and hands it to the demon and says, my wish is for you to split this hair a hundred times. And he hands it to the demon. And as the demon begins splitting the hairs once, twice, ten times, twenty times, he begins again shrinking down to a manageable size. Six feet, four feet, two feet. Soon enough, the demon is the same size as when the boys encountered him on the first day. That's it. What do you guys think? What is the moral of that story to you? I'm sure that you can think of many things. Just take a minute to think what it can mean to you. Is that a story of youthful ignorance? Is it a story of human nature? 
Is it a story of meaning? Of what's important in life? Is it a story of power? There's so many different ways to look at that story. And I often think about it in my life. And the more I think about it, the more I can equate it to different things. One interesting way to look at it is that mankind, all of us, are this demon. And that people in positions of authority are trying to control the demon. And the more they ask of the demon, the more they get. However, the more they ask and the more they get, the more they put themselves in danger. Because mankind, the crowd, the nation, the working people are a demon. And the people in positions of authority ask so much of these people and they provide it. And when there is nothing left for the demon to do, the demon turns on the people in positions of authority and kills them. And I think that our history is a pretty good representation of that. Different revolutions around the world, the populist uprisings, the Arab Spring, the students in Hong Kong, the BLM, all of them. I think what you're seeing is the demon in man rebelling against the greed and selfishness of the people who want to lead them. It lends credence to the shit we fight over too. Right? Like we're splitting hairs. We're talking about is a man a woman? Are all white people racist? The things we're fighting over are so minimal when we have so much in common. Gender, race. Yeah, there's a difference. But we are being split. They're splitting humanity so that we do not fight them, but we fight each other. They give us these menial tasks that have no meaning. Our country has no direction. The world has no direction. We're moving, what the fuck are we moving towards? Does anybody know? What happens when the demon finally splits the hair a hundred times? Is there anything left for him to do? When will we harness our demon? When will we rise up and do what is right for us? When will we come together? Will we always be outsmarted by the master? Is there a master class of people that are trying to manipulate us? Is COVID splitting hairs? That's just one interpretation. But think about it. And I would love to know what your guys' interpretation of the story is. I think it's a beautiful story. And that's just one interpretation that I have. I have many other ones. As much as I want to share them with you, I don't want you to have only my interpretations. I would love to hear yours. And I hope the story helps you think about life in a different way. Yourself, your environment, the people around you. And the role you play. Are you the boys? Are you the old man? Are you the demon? Are you someone in the tribe that never went out to find them? And who's better? Was it smart for the kids to go find them? Was it 
irresponsible for them to do it? What happens to them afterwards? What about the old man? Has the demon had masters before? Is the demon live inside the old man? Where does he reside? Think about it, guys. I love you. Let me know what you think. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.